five. Well, hello everybody and welcome to another exciting edition of Saints Radio. And um, Monica and I are reaching out to you from springtime Dallas. It really, it's an amazing thing to to feel these these uh, pleasant temperatures. Um, I know, Monica, you probably love nothing more than be able to get out and walk the dogs in this weather. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, I would love that. <laughs> more than I can say. Well, I guess you could just tie them to the, the back of the Vespa and just go off that way. <laughs> oh, my goodness. No Vespa riding, not right now, but soon. Yeah. I have actually, I have two senior dogs now. And it's, I was actually just communicating with their, their, their groomer about it because Shadow is completely blind. Oh. Yeah. And so she does okay on a walk with a leash. I mean, she, and her smell is gone too, which makes it even more difficult. But, um, I don't, I can't say, I mean, I guess my last dog that passed away from old age, uh, I had experience with her, but it's just, it's been really interesting. So going for a walk, it's probably, probably not in the cards for me today. Yeah. The lame and the blind. <laughs> yeah. The halt. You need to find somebody who's halt, whatever that means. <laughs> well, I could take Scarlett. Now, Scarlett has a torn ACL in her back leg, so she <laughs> she can be standing there, and she just kind of falls over. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, but she's still, I mean, she's still so much a puppy. I mean, she still acts like a puppy, but she's 13, almost 14. And I, it's just very bizarre to, like, wake up one day and realize that, all this time has passed and you have these senior dogs that you want to live forever. Anyway, well, this is not why we're on the radio. Well, but see, Scarlett has an advantage because she's not known as the prayer dog just as a flippant moniker. She she is the prayer dog. So the spirit of Caleb it, it comes upon her and she can she can be vibrant. She definitely does. I mean, she She's she takes the mountain. Yeah. For sure. She's definitely now when Hank comes around, that's a little different story, but she still rules the roost even with him. Yeah, she should. But yeah. She does. She lets him know the business what's happening. Well, we are all very excited to um convene the seminar in just a couple of weeks and with that blessing is to see you up and around back to your normal your normal self. Yeah. I know everybody is uh going to be happy to enjoy that on its own merit but also as a sign of your uh, your your recovery. Yep. Thank you. And so Seminar is rapidly approaching, 
And Katie informs me that the capacity to register online is up and live, so we would encourage all of you who are part of the Saints Network to avail yourself of that registration. And uh, whether you're here in person or whether you're not going to be able to join us in person but joining us online. Um, so, and I, I spoke with our, with our French allies today, Luke and Sylvie, and they are preparing diligently even now for the France gathering in May. And that's, that's exciting too. But for all of us here uh, uh, focused on coming to Dallas or remaining in Dallas, that gathering is just a couple of weeks. That's hard to imagine, isn't it? I don't even remember how many of these we've had now. Close to 50, right? Seminars in Dallas? Yeah. Uh, I, I shouldn't I ask the question. Probably in the upper, 30, upper 30s or lower 40s. What was the was the first year, 2003? Yeah. Was that the first year? I think, I think so. It may have been before that because we were having seminars before they gave us the left foot of fellowship from the assemblies. So I could look it up, but... Well, and I, I, I know somewhere in my mind. I think we may have started having these like in 99 or 98. We, we started having them relatively soon because people so you were... you may be right. So if that's the case, let's just say we've got 24 years of these. That would be 48 just in Dallas. Right. You're right. So it's close to 50, and it could be 50 if it was 99. I was... Yeah. I was... Bill Specken just recently um, recorded a, a, a Voices broadcast, and he sent it to me so that I could listen to it. And in it, he gives his testimony from the beginning. And there were so many things I didn't remember about just um, Billy coming here for a year. Yeah. And, and studying in the Saints school. And I mean, I remember him being here, but it was just like, it was just like really triggering a lot of things emotionally in me, just remembering those days, those early days um, of having Billy here. And when the Speckens would come back in those early days and, and so many of you, uh, we were we were so young, and I'm not talking age wise. I mean, we were just so young, and so we just we really were. We were. I don't want to say we were a different people, but in so many ways, we have been changed, transformed, converted. All those words over and over and over again throughout the last 27 years or longer. And it really makes you thankful. And I, I, I so much wish that I know me personally, I wish I had documented better about the different seasons because I would, I mean, how wonderful would it be for us to be able to do like a autobiography of the saints 
Mm. And just the different seasons and the things the Lord taught us walking through the different seasons together. And well, I guess we have that in the library in the school, in the store, but um, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Even, even the titles of the seminars and I'm pretty sure we have, we have recordings of those. The one thing that was really startling and I, I didn't look too much into it was when we recorded those 80 hours of the saint school and to see <laughs> to see what what we look like back then, it really is startling. But um, you're right; there have been a lot of uh, adjustments by the Spirit in not only growth and development in His Word, but through responsibility and through various tasks that have been placed before us. Um, oh my goodness. I mean, it's probably a little different perspective from you, but not really. But, I mean, you were trained in the ministry and groomed and all of those things. And in such a different way than some of us. But yet you had to shed all that in so many ways, except for, I mean, some things I know you draw from. But, I mean, literally have had to shed so much from, I don't know. <laughs> well, I, th- the I think, that- yeah, yeah. The religious setting, I think, I think um, having to revise sermons and what they were designed to do, uh, which was basically, this is what God's doing. Here it is in the word. Now teach it. Uh, that that was a that was a stark difference than um, what we were used to. It just in religious sermon preparation, and then I think the way that we were being visited in the spirit, and how we had to manage that in services, or not manage it, but make way for it. And then even the issue of prophetic song, which uh, each of these things either took amazing hits against the enemy uh, by the enemy while we while we were establishing pioneering things in the spirit realm, um, and then with the the maturation and and responsibilities, it's so much echoes. I mean, you and I have been blessed to be going down to Brazil recently and uh, seeing these young people that are just excited. Well, I can't. I can use that term here. I can't use it down there. Um, it it reminds us of those early days, but we were kind of we were kind of shocked out of that. It's it, it really it patterns. What happens in families, you know, you've got, you would think this is the way it is. It's different for every household, but you get a couple that comes together. It's just them. They are, they're enjoying to whatever degree each other's company. And then you got to pay the bills and then you have to bring in children and then you have to 
your tend to them and it it takes it takes an impact it makes an impact on the essence of who you are which is the ephesian thing you know go back to your first love and you can you can rekindle that but it no matter how you rekindle it where you are in the lord that is going to take a different form it just is if you're if you're wide-eyed and you know, you, you don't really have, know anything but goosebumps and giggles. I mean, that's great. But but then you've got to learn how to be uh, a passionate pursuer of the Lord in the midst of responsibility, in the midst of the burden of the ministry, in the midst of your partnership with God to actually do something, not just cuddle up to him. I mean, all of these are factors that we have gone through, and we still deal with them. And I think my challenge and our challenge as we go into these places is maybe to afford the continued pursuit of that where they are and enjoy seeing that and feeling the exuberance that's in them, but also maybe preparing them for how to preserve that and how to how to um, modulate that passion in conjunction with being a warrior being a a a, a, a mentor being somebody that takes responsibility and as you well know there's a big stride to enter into that for the Lord, wouldn't you say? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But honestly, I think we both recognize that I know personally, I could not do what I do in ministry publicly if I did not continuously cultivate my passion for the Lord. Yeah. And, and, and that, that is the lifeblood of who I am. And, <laughs> and I mean, even in, it's, it's been a really interesting season. So many people have spoken of it, but it's been a really interesting season. I'll say for me personally. Um, and, <laughs> you know, God started talking about abiding how many years ago and it was, you know, it was described in a lot of different ways. And yet I think it's taken us living this and being diligent and being obedient, walking in obedience and and really taking responsibility for the much that's been given, which I was just reading those passages this morning. I mean, if you know his will and you don't do it oh my gosh mm -hmm. if you don't know his will you know you get less less whipping <laughs> but yeah. to those that are given much much is required and so I, you know i feel the burden the the weightiness of that and yet at the same time i i could not do what i do and I remember the last time we were in Brazil in November and we were in that church at Pastor Rafa's at Casa Zion. And I remember just the spirit was, 
this it was like a i mean you talk about a river it was it was a flood i mean it was and i'm so thankful for that i'm so thankful for 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 god's people that are welcoming his presence like that but what i walked away with and my parting words to them were you have got to cultivate your relationship with the lord you individual every single person in that place has got to do that because when the rubber meets the road that's that's when the ta that's that you know that's <laughs> that's when it's revealed you know are you going to step up to the plate and do it and whew, because as much as we do it for the saints and as much as we do it for you know those that are coming into the network and as much as we feel the calling to minister to to all the Elishas and to do all that we do it unto the Lord because we love him because he loved us and that is just the platform the the foundation so yes I do agree totally and yeah yeah, I mean, well, any relationship has to be cultivated or else yeah. it will become rote. Yeah, and if, if the relationship itself does not develop, then it'll be lost. Absolutely. Uh, or it'll be, go through the motions. Because if you, if you can't, it's kind of like, and, and we're in this season where we're all meeting with the Lord each night, and that's a precious thing. And we can talk about that in just a minute. But there, the Spirit can guide you into truth. But once He guides you into it, it's your responsibility to keep getting there. Um, some people are directionally challenged. The Spirit guides them into some place, and then they, they can't ever find it again. And it's kind of like what... Uh, I talked about from Ephesians 3 yesterday where the Lord is dealing with our heart and the comprehend of these places, height, depth, width, breadth, is something that you have to keep reaching toward. And then the passing of knowledge is from that base of knowledge you extend out from that. And the, the challenge is that, that when you're experiencing these new places in the Lord, Somehow you've got to interact with him there in those places, in that new surrounding, in that new responsibility, and, and that's going to feel different than before you knew anything. And that's where so often we miss it. That's where the Ephesian church missed it, as great as they were. Right. Uh, um, you know, I... And, and here, we can talk about this. I know you probably have many, many stories to tell. Um, I've, I've noticed that as Christ has graciously uh, invited us to open the door and welcome him in, some of the times where he's dealt with me over these past couple of weeks, I have felt... Uh, visitations of his spirit within me that I've that are in new places that have not been activated before strengthened by might by his spirit in the inner man 
but the way that I have felt his love in those places is profound but very different than in other seasons in my life. And it, it's kind of like you have to you have to love the Lord in a way in with a passionate way no matter what season he's led you into. And again, um, that that uh, requires maturity in him and and an understanding that this is really going on. And you see, that's that's what happens a lot of times. You see people in life; they're in love with each other. They have kids, and then all of a sudden, they don't know how to love one another in that new season. And and it it's it's a shame, but that happens. Same thing happens in the spirit realm. Yeah, I think I think so often. I mean, just just say husband and wife. <laughs> you know, is is you know thirty years down the road, whatever in marriage or you know raised kids, done the done all that stuff, and you get to a place in your life. And I'm not speaking personally. I'm just saying in general. Yeah, just as a an observer. Your of love language, life. yeah. Your language is, you know, things shift where what happens so often is your love is in service to the other and whatever that looks like and cohabitating and, in, in, you know, in service, which it's the same with the Lord. If we're not careful, it becomes about works. It becomes about service, but he calls us to that. I mean, you look through scripture, through the whole scripture, and it's about serving him and then serving one another, but serving him, no matter what that looks like. But if you've not cultivated the romance, then you're serving. I mean, it, it, it's, it's so important. And, you know, how do you do that? I mean, are we talking emotion? Isn't our emotion supposed to be surrendered and submitted? Yeah, absolutely. But I wholeheartedly believe that God created you and he created me and every person that's listening here with an emo- you know, with emotions to pursue him. Yeah. To have passion to pursue him. That, for me, that's what drives me in so many ways to pursue him is that fire in my heart for him. And so... It, it's you have to have you ha, you have to have both or else it does become about works and yeah it's well, <laughs> well well two just spring to mind two things that Jesus said uh, one is in the middle of that John uh, red section in the Gospels Uh, We're in chapter 14 and chapter 15. He says blatantly to them, if you are in agape with me, you have to keep my commandments. And then in 15, he says the same thing, even as I have loved agape the father and kept his commandments. That's imperative. And then uh, uh, post-resurrection, he says to Peter, Peter, do you love me? And there's that curious interchange between the phileo and the agape. And he goes through that progression of the three stages of sheep development. And he says, if if you love me, you've got to feed 
the babies, you've got to feed the growing ones, and you've got to keep feeding the, the mature ones. So there, there are indications of growth and development where the agape is centered on his commandments and his scriptures, and then how we will use those to feed the ones that the Lord brings. And you can, you can easily lose, and this is coming from, uh, I think it's known that both of us have devoted our existence in the Lord to these two types of things. You can easily lose the agape factor and, and just make it a rote um, uh, devotion to studying and then teaching. Because, you know, even Peter said, we're going to devote ourselves to the ministry of the word and to prayer. Those two, you can even, I, I, we're just, well, we're going way down the line here. This is just chit chat revisited. Um, you can pray with all the understandings we've had about prayer before the Father, doing the business of the kingdom, and not really be pulsing with the agape passion. So you have to really be careful that you understand that it's kind of like when we first started to urge people to interpret when they pray. I remember those days, and you, you had the helm. You were taking the brunt of it. And so many people resisted that. They'd say, oh, you know, we just want to meet with the Lord. You know, what you're asking us to do is work. Well, it's what God asks you to do. So how? it's kind of like being a somebody that gets married and then their spouse just wants to lay around the house and do nothing. But when it comes love time, you know, they're, they're all on board. I mean, you, you've got to, in the kingdom, you've got to preserve that passion but you've got to recognize that that passion is going to require you to tarry the commandments and then to lead whoever God brings to you in the development of those. And that's hard. Well, maybe it's not hard for you. It's hard for me. Because <laughs> you're more inclined, you're more inclined to just delving into the heart of God. I, I love it there. But you know I'm more of a nuts and boltsy person, and I can jump in and out of it. But yet, keeping the the keeping the fire of it is is really the driving force to keep going. Yep. Yeah, and I, you know, there was a couple of years ago where I remember we we were just evaluating and just assessing and I know that we both said we will go where he sends us we absolutely will be obedient to that but we don't want to go just to have another meeting no because I I know that for me personally I mean I I I've I've been trained I've learned how to do it I've learned how to and by his grace, it's always by his grace and by his spirit. And we've been able, we've been able in that, in the midst of that passion. But I think that shift, yes, we were asking for 
the manifestation of his of his spirit because mm -hmm. we know that even jesus said signs will follow and 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 we desire those signs not just so that everybody can say oh wow look what they brought so that it confirms the message and only god can do that only god can do that and so but i think that shift was not only just that heart cry for his power to see the manifestation of his spirit just take over and but it was also in a battle for this agape which is one and the same thing yeah i guess in some respects and so I don't know. It's it's interesting. I mean, you're nuts and bolts, but you also have a very passionate heart. I mean, you <laughs> you've driven this boat for almost thirty years now, and you could not have done that without the passion of agape yeah. of the Lord just burning inside of you. You would have you you would have fizzled out. I mean, so uh, yeah. Well, I it's think just... you know. I'm I'm just perusing the scripture here. Listening intently, but you know, my dualistic mind. And I, I find this verse that Jesus says in John 8. He said, Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, you would agape me. I think that is the essence of where God initially called us. I mean, almost immediately when the Spirit came and visited, well, I can just speak for this house, visited this house, we were proscuneoing, we were wanting to pray, but we were immediately drawn to the Father. Immediately. And every aspect of what we did, whether some recognized it or not, I don't see how you could have been in this house and not recognize it, but that happened. Once we knew the Father, that generated a love for the Lord beyond what we've known, which is exactly what Jesus says. If God were your Father, you would agape me. John eight forty two. That is an amazing verse. And I never really focused on that until this very moment. But, but there's something about God being love and Jesus coming to redeem us to God, to the Father, and um, that being the impetus for the agape. To, the agape is to breathe hard after the purpose of the Father. And uh, that's certainly been something that I think, in fairness to all the saints, that we've never lost grasp of. Wouldn't you agree? Oh my gosh, absolutely. Yeah, I, you know, just personal testimony. I mean, I, when the Lord really got a hold of us and began to transform us individually, grow, you know, and growing in Him and understanding the Trinity and and all of that, I quickly realized that my whole life, my relationship with the Lord was centered on the Father. 
Mm-hmm. I didn't even know it. You know, I didn't even I didn't even acknowledge it. I, it was just. It and, just happened. And it, it, it's just the way he made me. And yet I know other like my sister, her whole existence with the Lord has been on Jesus. And and it's, I mean, we come from the same, you know, very much alike, but also very different. But just us talking about that is just super interesting. And I know anybody that's listening could probably reflect back and the propensity of when you when you commune with the Lord, where your heart gravitates and it, it's, it doesn't take anything away from Jesus or the Holy Spirit because over the course of time, there's been moments, one in particular that was just life-changing where the Father says, I want you to know Jesus. And, and you know, I, that's not in scripture anywhere, I'm sure, where he said, I'm going to lead you to Jesus. <laughs> mm-hmm. But maybe it is. To, but where he opened up the vista and I was able to step in and I got to know Jesus intimately. But that was after. And, and then from there, the Holy Spirit, and that's been over the last, you know, over the course of the years has been understanding and being more familiar and, and acknowledging, worshiping, praying um, with the person of the Holy Spirit. So everybody's programmed differently, I think. And what they feel close, closest. I don't know. How do you describe that? I mean, it's just, it's just really interesting. But, uh, well, you know, all I, I know, go, go ahead. No, you finish. I want to hear all you know. No, I'm finished. I'm finished. Well, um, you know, even this time where we, we're welcoming the Lord prophetically and through the validity of his word and those two together each night um, as I reflected on this and even some of the commune that I've had with him I would say that he's had us in the school of sonship yes and you can't be a son unless you are devoted to the father you just can't be you can be a sibling but I don't want to be a sibling necessarily. I want to be a son. And um, our dealings with the person of God through the uh, manifestation of Jesus as a born-again person, as a saint, is he's been an elder brother and he's labored alongside us. I, I can remember significant times where God has allowed me to perceive the Lord visually. And those were, one of them was when he was arrayed in, in uh, that Revelation warrior uh, depiction. And he stood over there under that stelos near the piano. I, re- I remember that just like it was a minute ago. And the other time was when he stood as large as could be in our sanctuary where the... Where the uh, where the candlestick, the lighthouse candlestick is. And those those were significant moments of promotion. But honestly, from, from the study of the word, Jesus has been our elder brother, and he's been, we have been co-laboring with him on behalf of the Father. So it's, it's really strange now, as we've followed the guidance of the Holy Spirit, and we've 
studied the nuances of the seven spirits, and we've tried to serve at the throne on behalf of the Father, where Jesus is praying for us to do that. It's been very interesting that in this joint air training program that the Lord himself is coming, and, and the interactions have been really unique because when he says he's going to come and sup with us, and he's going to advise and counsel and chasten. He means it, but it's for the purpose of us becoming those joint heirs with him to serve the Father. And that is such a different feeling. You know, when we've been encountering the Father, it's like it takes our breath away. It It's the, the, the whole energy source of creation just is drawn out and 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 it's like who he's made us to be gets lost in him and that's that's a type of prophetic dying that is oh my goodness it's excruciating but it's delightful and the way we you know we're we're down there in Brazil and this one church that's God has given re- us responsibility for is so intent on the holy spirit so intent on his presence and we love that But I think you and I both say these folks need to be trained in their relationship with God, as you said earlier, and they need to know the Father, and they need to know how to work alongside Jesus. And it's almost like they've gotten enough latter rain teaching to where they just think that the Holy Spirit is God's ugly cousin. And so they have to promote him. And I'm thinking, yeah, I understand that. I've been part of those arguments over the decades. But now you've got to recognize the, the, the fullness of the Godhead. And, but it all begins with the one who sits on the throne. And you can have dalliances in the spirit and wonderful times with Jesus. But if, if you... <laughs> If the Holy Spirit is leading you to fulfill the will of the Father and Jesus is praying for that, you best get to know the Father. Because if you're not, you're missing it. It's just a strange thing, isn't it? It really is. This really, and I know I said this the other day, and I'm sorry to say this, but this really should be a book. (laughs) And I'm not saying that you should write it. I'm just saying just the understanding of of, you know, when I talk about writing an autobiography, yeah, um, just about the progression of the saints, I mean, this would be definitely three chapters um, of how we've learned how to yeah. function and serve. And, you know, it, it's just interesting because, you know, our relationship with each one of them is different, or mine is. Yes, it but is. But they're one and the same. Yeah. When I approach the Father, it's different than when I approach Jesus. And I know over these last couple of weeks, as I've prayed in the understanding and, you know, continuously in that place of thanksgiving, you know, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, because I'm, I'm really trying to stay there. It's not difficult, but when you go through a trial, sometimes it's just kind of important to to be thankful sure. and um, enter his gates that way. Because, I mean, I've had to I've been separated and not been in the sanctuary every day. And, but what's come out of my mouth, and I noticed this just yesterday, is when I'm thanking the Lord, I'm thanking Jesus. 
it's like thank you jesus and 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 so i totally agree that we're in this place of, of being trained as joint heirs and really you know knowing him because if we know him we want to emulate him right mm-hmm. he's he's the lord of hosts i mean he he the first of all creation know. yeah he is, and I want to be like him. I want to, I, I, I want to love the Father like He loves the Father. I want to move in the Holy Spirit like He moved in the Spirit. I want, I want to emulate every part of Him, even to taking my cross. And it's just, it's, it's, it's just, it's such a, it's such a pathway that is just so eternal and so vast that i don't know it's just what a privilege we have oh that everyone would want this because there is nothing else that matters yeah really You, you know i was thinking about this unusual path that the lord has asked us to be on as we approach the seminar here and the title of the gathering is His Rest, which is going to focus on the seventh day and where what that signifies in the flow of the seven spirits and really what that means for us as we're going forward. And um, even Jesus speaking to the Laodicean church, that seventh church in that progression. And um, I, 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 I've said this before, But out of all of these years and all of the things that God has asked us to do, not just in preparation for the seminars, those really are landmark signposts for the saints, and the the indicators of what God has been doing and what he needs us to be outfitted with going forward. But you and I talked about this. And all these years... Like I remember when we were preparing for the His Presence seminar, where we were offering ourselves to the Lord, to God, so that His presence would fill this place. This particular seminar, with Jesus having us welcome Him every night for this extended period of weeks, is really aimed at us embracing this seventh day in a way beyond what we've known, with an empowerment beyond what we've known, and to prepare ourselves to partner with the Lord, whether it's heirs or joint heirs, um, for what's coming and what we're going to be responsible for beyond what we've been. And that's kind of a startling thing. Like, it's yes, what we're doing is for us before him personally and for us before him as a network but it's also an inviting of what God is going to want to do in that in-gathering in two weeks and that's two weeks yeah isn't it or is it three weeks (laughs) oh my gosh it's coming it's it's coming yeah so and you know you know we don't sit around and dream up, hey, what kind of thing can we put before the the saints to do? 
I mean, anytime there's a fast, anytime there is um, some kind of offering we're supposed to give, God has to order that or we don't say anything. You know that to be true. You can testify that we never have a meeting saying, hey, you know, we've got this seminar coming up. What kind of thing should we propose for the people to do? We never do that. We just never do that. It's it, either God doesn't say anything, and he just wants us to come believing, or he lays out a pathway that will yield a dividend of his visitation and get us ready for what he's going to do. But in all these years, we've never done anything like this. We've never been even remotely asked to do anything like that. Oh, yes, we've studied the seven churches. We've studied these churches. We've aligned them with the seven spirits. We've aligned them with demonic oppositions. We put them in patterns of geographical significance for spiritual warfare. We've done all of those things. But the Lord has never said, I want you and I want my people to make a way for Jesus to come to prepare them for what's coming. And that's kind of a startling thing, wouldn't you say? Yes, absolutely. It feels absolutely. it feels right. It just feels different. It just yeah. it just feels so different. And I think just going along those lines, I think the last time I was actually in the 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 radio booth with you, <laughs> um, we talked about. And it was quite, you know, by the by the spirit talked about the importance of everyone preparing themselves for this gathering. And I, I know I didn't even know what I was saying. I just knew that that was heavy on my heart, that it was so important that we were all present before the Lord and, you know, really submitting ourselves to whatever was necessary to prepare us for that day and now i understand because of the fast that he's called and and just the preparation that we're in right now but at that time we didn't know um he he does it all i mean he said he he's he does it all yeah right i mean mm -hmm. he he's just so good to lead us into whatever is necessary to prepare and to equip us for the moment of his visitation and I'm so thankful for that because like you said last week, I mean, who would have ever thought we'd be waiting to hear the knock of the door, uh, you know, the knock on the door <laughs> Yeah, and that we would be prepared to let him in. And I mean, goodness, but he knew. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And I will have to testify and I really hesitate doing this because I just do. But the first week that I was home after having surgery, uh, nope. I think you preached that message the first, the, like the day after I had, or the day before I had surgery. The next week when I was here by myself, I heard a knock on my front door. Oh my. It was so loud. It was like undeniable that I thought, what is that? And I got my crutches and I hobbled 
to look out the window and there was nobody. There was no Amazon packages. There was no FedEx packages. There was nothing. But it was definitely a wow. knock. Wow. <laughs> wow. So you can add me with your others that have told you that they've also heard a knock. <laughs> I can't, can't say I've seen Jesus because he wasn't standing at the door. Yeah. I wish he had been. Yeah. I would have taken a selfie with him. Wow, that, that's phenomenal. I mean, it, it is startling, isn't it? It was so startling to my spirit. And it, I was almost like, I, I was just like, almost like, it was almost like unbelievable. Like, did I just hear that? Like, <laughs> really? Because my dogs didn't bark? Well, see, that, I mean, that that's I, what I was going to ask. And that's... That's a sign no. that this was supernatural because that just doesn't happen at your house. No, and it was so loud. I mean, it was, I'm upstairs. I mean, it was so loud. And then I thought, no, 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 no. Because I think you had just like talked about how several people, you had heard a knock and several people had yeah. heard knocks. And I thought, I'm, yeah. I, no, I'm not one of those people. I'm, I'm, I'm not ever even going to say anything <laughs> because... But honest to God, as God is my witness in this room that he could smite me right now, it happened. It, it's so. amazing. I mean, it, it's, it really, it really is amazing. Oh, the fun. Of course, I think that Scarlett is so used to the visitations of the angelic and in the spirit that it was just normal for her that's why she didn't give her trumpet call of alarm which she's so famous for um no, yeah but um well thank you for telling us that that's that's interesting yeah. as, as god is my witness <laughs> wow oh boy what what wonderful things God does. Yeah, I can't even say that there's even been any other, like any supernatural. Just, I mean, you feel the presence of the Lord, but I've been in somewhat of a dry place. So it's um, just been really curious, very interesting. And Well, you're in you an know, unusual scenario where you're out of your normal pattern of coming to pray here and yeah, so that's understandable to a degree. Yeah, I know, but I, I, I think, I think we all have expectations, and and I think at, a lot of times we compare, and so I'm thinking about the last time I was in this position for a much longer extended time, and you know the things that the Lord how He visited me and sat with me and was with me and encouraged me and you know all those things and. He's here, and, and I feel his presence, but in it, I mean, I, I think I talked about this in Wisdom Seekers. I mean, it's, I've been in this place for a while now, so it's not like I, I got homebound and then I went into the desert. I've, <laughs> I've, been, I've been dwelling in there. I've been dwelling there for a while now, so, but it's okay. It's good. Well, I think that the, the adjustments that the Lord is offering are very subtle. They're kind of tweaks to who we are 
as who who we become as people and and they're kind of they're they're kind of um I don't know if it's a good word. I don't want to say subliminal, but they're 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 adjustments deep within us concerning how we we relate from the spirit within to our mind to our reactions, and um, and I I think they're they're kind of like um, I want to say upgrades. It's, I don't want to borrow from a from from strange terms but but in some ways it's almost like um promotion promotion or or gate girding us it's kind of like a it's kind of like the bitterness thing at communion where the lord touches places that he knows we're going to be vulnerable or areas that we could um revert to a negative expression or something that's not wholesome and it opens us up to fail the mission but this this is kind of like that but it's it's really a chastening on a more precise uh integral level and it it really is subtle like a couple of times i've had dreams and i've wakened and I've been in them, which is also unusual for me. And I think, well, what what did that mean? What? Why were you addressing that? I don't even do that. It wasn't some perverted thing. It was. I won't go through the details, but I think that it's subtle nuances of how our heart may have been influenced to react and respond. And I think those subtle influences then create a ripple effect that triggers other areas of response that are not godly. And so only God knows those, you know, it's like the, the Bible says in Corinthians, you know, he that searches the hearts knows the mind of the spirit. And, and I think that he's searching the heart. Jesus is the one who searched the heart because he knows what God has put in us in his spirit. And that aligns perfectly with Ephesians 3 where it says where Christ is in our hearts. And um, we need this, I don't want to say tinkering, but we need these adjustments. You know, it's almost like, uh, you know, every now and then our computers will need an upgrade and they put what they call patches in that will protect us from viruses and things of that nature. And I think, I think there's a measure of preparation against attack that's coming, but it's more centered on adjusting who we are at the core of our heart, where our heart meets the spirit. And those are so subtle that I don't think we really realize them, but he who searches the heart's knows what the mind of that spirit of God within us wants to accomplish. And, you know, it helps for us to be praying in the spirit, but we can pray in the spirit and that'll do certain work, but it it cannot do what the Lord himself in the word promises to do. And so that's why I have to tell myself every morning, some mornings I wake up and I think, well, Lord, I know you were doing something, but for the life of me, I can't I can't produce any memory 
of anything that happened over this. You know, even this morning, I, I was praying, Father, if I'm not doing this right, because I didn't generate the, the, the memories or, or the dreams or, uh, you know, I know my spirit was active through the night, but I couldn't remember any of it. And I said, please help me to know what I need to do better because I don't want to miss anything that you want to do. But I think it's so deep. And he's touching areas that we probably don't even know are root causes, but he's adjusting them. That's a chastening that can only come through fellowship. And I I think that's what's going on, and we need to recognize that, or else some might be in that camp to say, oh, you know, I don't know why I I keep doing this. I can't, I can't. Maybe that's an area God's trying to tweak in you. (laughs) Not you, but (laughs) those kinds of people. (laughs) I've never understood that. I mean, we've tried this with an interpretation. And any of you who've said this, I'm, I don't want, we don't want a mea culpa email or some kind of woe is me. I'm so sorry. But God is always speaking. And when, when you would lead interpretation things, you'd either hear nothing to report or I'm not seeing anything or I'm not sensing anything. And I'm thinking, we need to unjam your signal receptors because you cannot have been in this environment and not been impacted in some way. You, yeah. may, maybe you landed on the moon like that little rover that just landed last week and it fell over on your side and some of your antennas need to be freed. <laughs> God's doing something and if you obey and are willing, he'll do the rest. Whoa. That's so, that's so, that's, I think you've read my mail. <laughs> really? Wow. And it, it is, it is so subtle. You know, and in my simplicity, and, you know, I, I sit before the Lord in the evenings and I've got my communion or whatnot. And, you know, you try to do it on your own. You try to, you know, I try to like, reflect and examine and all of those things is there sin what do i need to you know is we try to do it in our own strength we try to do it in our own understanding and yet it it's so you know the way he's doing it is so subtle i mean literally i could sit before the lord with my hands open with my communion and you know say lord forgive me chasten me show me where i've missed the mark or where i've sinned or where there's iniquity and then my, you know, the Rolodex of my day or my behavior or my thoughts. You know, Lord, I'm sorry I had that thought about that person. It's just so silly, but it's so real. Mm-hmm. And yet he's going so much deeper. It's, it's literally like, you know, that word of God being active and sharper than any two-edged sword that divides the spirit from the soul. Yeah, that's, that's a good verse. It is. And whew, so, well, I know we're out of time, but we haven't talked for a long while. So, uh, I was just looking at Revelation one, and it indicates that John really thought that what he was there to do was to write an epistle 
to the seven churches in Asia, because that's what he says in 1-4. I don't think he really expected to be caught up in to come up hither land and to see all of those things. But he says, Grace be unto you in peace from him which is and which was and which is to come. Now that's the Father. And from the seven spirits which are before his throne, we know that's the Spirit of God, and from Jesus Christ, who is our faithful witness, Martyrio Pistos, and we know from the scripture what that means the first begotten of the dead the prince of the kings of the earth unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and have made us kings and priests unto God his father to him be glory and dominion forever and ever that's the objective of what Jesus is doing and that's what's happening right right now and and then you know he starts getting these words for the seven churches which obviously he he said it earlier that's what he really felt he was going to be doing and then all of a sudden he he sees seven golden candlesticks and he sees one like unto the son of man clothed with a garment down to the foot his head and his hair white as snow white as wool and white as snow, his eyes as a flame of fire. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, but he laid his right hand on me and said, Fear not. And, and then he starts talking about the seven stars and the seven churches, and he's, he's speaking to the development of these churches in conjunction with the seven spirits. That's who we're dealing with. But his objective is for us to be kings and priests before the Father, to be moving with the seven spirits and to appreciate and identify what God's Spirit, according to the will of the Father, is doing in these churches. That's the Bible, and that's what he's doing in us right now. And that, you know, I know we can both say, even so, Lord, do what you want. And then the very end of Revelation where it says the Spirit and the Bride say come. Well, that Spirit has to be the developed Spirit within us. And in our role as the Bride of Christ, heaven to earth, the new Jerusalem across the earth, which is what it is identified as. And so it's important what Christ is doing in developing us in that role with him. And it's important for us to, before the Father, fulfill what the Spirit within us has ordained for us to be. You know, that verse always used to, you know, I think, now why is God, why is God's Spirit praying to himself for him to come? That just didn't make any sense to me until you recognize that it's the Spirit of God within us as the bride partnering with Jesus who is so desirous of God's kingdom to come. 
-hmm. And that that's our agenda. And that I pray that the Lord will expand my capacity to make that cry to him from my spirit and um, to, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. The, the mandate of the throne of God, the kratos, and the functionality of the dunamis of that. Oh, I speak that over us. I speak that over our church. I speak that over the saints. God is doing a lot of things, and he's chosen to do it through his person as Jesus to prepare us for this role. And who better to prepare us than the one we are to be joint heirs with? Amen. All right. I rambled hey, us wait, past the before, hour. No, Go ahead. Before, no, before we close, just to bring this back full circle. And I know I've said this before, probably recently, that you just read out of Revelation 1. Yeah. Right? And basically told us what where we were and what God was doing and what our mandate is. And the one who had this vision and the one who saw this was the one who had his head pressed up against the chest of Jesus, the heart of Jesus, and the one yes. that he says over and over again, the one whom the Lord loves the most. Yeah. Agape. Or does he say the one whom loves the Lord the most? <laughs> yeah, I think it's that way, but it's but good both ways. The point is is we started off talking about agape and about serving and keeping, you know, the person the right perspective and heart for that. And true. so So it's true. Just so important. Yeah. Keep your keep your heart. You on know fire. the other day I was praying for our mission as saints and I was praying for the various things that we need in order to be effective in a tangible way. I was praying for the people in Brazil as they're developing things. And I was praying for the spirit of wisdom, Bezalel. And so I, I started to read about where the spirit of wisdom was used. And you've taught on this, we've taught on this. But the thing that stood out to me was when it speaks about Bezalel, it says that he was filled with the spirit of Elohim Oof. and with the spirit of wisdom. So there Oof. again, you, yeah. the key to that is staying in the heart of God. The key to Bethel was having that platform of devotion to Elohim that then yes. opens up the ladder, the stelos, into the plan of God. So whatever we do, and you're prophetically so welcome to release this to us we have to keep as we keep the commandments and as we train up these people we have to keep the agape yeah. which that's what Jesus upbraided the, the church at Ephesus for um, anyway alright girl we are way past time <laughs> but um, God bless all of you. And again, 
We hope to see so many of you here just very soon. Um, but whether you can be here in person or not, um, register. And you said you, you want to remind people of the Voices program and what's available for them right now? Yeah, well, we, we, we started a new season of Voices, initiated it um, one month ago. And it airs every other Friday um, for the next, well, hopefully for the whole, for the entire year of 2024. And um, yeah, so it's, it's posted on the website. It's posted on Facebook. I always, as soon as Scott gets it posted on Friday morning of that week, usually around 8 a.m., I'll, I'll post it on Facebook just so that people know that it's available. And um, it's 20, 30 minutes, our pastoral, pastoral staff, our, our, our pastoral representatives in the network are all participating in this, including Pastor Falladin. Um, so uh, we have all of our pastors, I believe, represented, except I don't think I have a word from Pastor Pam yet, but I'll get her involved if she's listening <laughs> but it's exciting just to hear what the lord is 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 sharing through our different pastors in the network and um you know it's usually i think teresa's was maybe 20 minutes the other day maybe 25. you know it's you, you can listen on your way to work you can you know it's not it's not an hour-long commitment mm -hmm. um, but it's definitely worth listening to they're investing their hearts into this and their spirits and we need to honor them by listening to what yeah. God is saying through them. So, yeah. Yeah, thank you. I mean, you would normally be announcing this from the pulpit or something, um, but uh, it really is something that we want to honor and uh, receive the benefit from. And um, so don't miss out on that special uh, avenue of, ministry that's available on our website and facebook okay we are wow we may be pressing a record on the length of time of this broadcast but hopefully some of you are still with us so we'll say goodbye for now thanks for joining monica across the way and uh, we look forward to the day very soon where you'll be right back across this sacred desk um, up here in the booth. Okay. So, God bless all of you. And goodbye. <laughs>